episode two of the Extra Point. My name is Wes, and I'm here with Bobby. What's going on, Bobby? I'm doing good, Wes. How are you? I cannot complain. We are talking mock draft today, amongst other things, 11 through 20, and we have our lists. We have not shown each other our lists, and we are pretty excited to figure out who each of us have been talking about, so let's just go ahead and dive right into it. How do you feel about that? I feel good about it. You know, last week we had a lot of similarities in the first 10 picks, but I think we're going to see a little bit of difference differences here this time, so... Looking forward to it. I, I am very much looking forward to it. I don't think we're going to have anything similar in this round. Yeah, I kind of had a couple stretches, and I'm sure you probably did, um, and, but that's just how the draft is in general. Right around, you know, the first 10 picks usually um, are kind of predictable, mm -hmm. but once once you're outside that top 10, anything can happen. Exactly, and that's the thing with, with this draft is a lot of people don't know. I've looked at a lot of mock drafts from a lot of different experts, and it seems like they are scattered all over the place with the exception of a few people here and there. Um, we're going to talk about that. We're going to have a special guest on 14 with the Falcons with us. Uh, Matt, a Falcons fan from Virginia, will be joining us, a listener to the show. Uh, we're going to talk not only about that, we'll be talking Randy, Randy Gregory extension. We'll be talking Sh Richard Sherman on the pass interference rule. Yep. I, I know we've got something to say about that. Dak's new uh, you know, uh, the negotiations with Dak Prescott. Yep. Uh, and well, Russell Wilson as well. Yes, sir. And then we're also talking about the AAF and what has happened to them recently. Um, nothing really good as far as making them a deve de developmental farm league. Yeah, it's something that everybody was hoping was going to be uh, something for people to watch in the offseason, but unfortunately it didn't pan out that well, and we have a couple thoughts on that. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, we left off at 10 last week. Uh, 10 was the Broncos. We made our picks on 1 through 10. If you want to hear about those, please listen to episode 1. It's available on iTunes and as well as Podcast Addicts on Google Play. Feel free to listen. You can also reach us at The Extra Point. Uh, on Twitter and Facebook. All right, so at 11 with the Bengals, who you got, Bobby? I'm ready. I'm Skillard from Washington State. You had him as your number nine pick to the Bills. I kind of like this kid a lot. He's great size, great pad level. Me being a Pac-12 guy, I saw him play a lot. And um, he's just uh, he's got great balance. He's a pure pass protector, left tackle, projected left tackle. He might start off at right tackle, though. Uh, he had a tough season last year. But – with the Bengals losing Andy Dalton and A.J. Green and Eifert, I think they're in need of somebody that's going to be um, – that's going to protect that offense right there for them. Okay, yeah. I, I was thinking linebacker, you know, with perfect leaving, but I right. think Dillard feed, filled, feed, ah. <laughs> fixes that need. Yep, absolutely. And with that need, um, I'm glad you mentioned offensive line because I'm thinking a little bit different, you know. With the one thing about the Bengals is they've been a hit-or-miss team, but they cannot get a playoff win. During Marvin Lewis's entire tenure there, they could not get one playoff win, and that's what led to his demise there. That's why he is no longer there. It's because of that. There's one other person on that roster that has been part of every one of those as well, and his name is Andy Dalton. Right. Andy Dalton, I think, is a great quarterback. I think he's been missing weapons around him, but they're going to move on. This is a new regime. These are new people coming in. I think they're going to move on, and I think it's going to begin at 11 with Drew Andrew Locke. Or, excuse me, Drew Locke. Drew Locke. Drew Locke, QB out of Missouri. 6'4", 228. Um, again, like I said, moving away from that old regime with Dalton and everything like that, it's going to put pressure on Dalton, if anything, because let's be honest, he's had zero pressure since he's been there. He had a little bit of pressure with um, A.J. McCarron. With A.J. McCarron out Correct. of uh, Alabama. Yes. Yep, A.J. McCarron brought a little bit of pressure, but nothing serious. We always knew that Andy Dalton was going to be the starter. We always knew he was going to be the guy there. Um, a lot of people have compared him as far as athletically, not with his composure, but as athletically to Jay Cutler. Got the same sort of build, same sort of prototypical quarterback type. Um, I think he's going to do well there if they draft him. They let him sit behind Dalton. They give him time. They need to use the Mahomes effect, as they call it, or the Kansas City model. 
Uh, I call it the Green Bay Packers model because they were doing it long before with Favre and Rodgers. So I think that's going to be what they can do. They're looking for something different. I, he's a mobile quarterback. He had a 4.69 40-yard dash. The guy can move. He can look around. He can find options in the pocket if it's not there, so that way they don't have to invest as heavily in offensive line early on in the draft. I agree with you on that pick because, you know, I took Drew Locke going number uh, 10 to the Broncos, and if he does not go in that first 10, I would not be surprised, you know, that the Bengals picked him up right there. There could be a short lease, too, with Andy Dalton. You know, those fans, you know, their patience is running out. They need a spark plug in that program right now, so I wouldn't be surprised. No, not at all. All right, going on to 12, it's Green Bay Packers, and Green Bay pretty high up in the draft this year. A um, lot of needs on that team, a lot of needs, a lot of departures. You had Jake Ryan leaving on offense. You had uh, Cobb leaving on uh, – I'm sorry, you had Jake Cobb. Ryan leaving on defense. You had Cobb leaving Cobb on offense. Dallas. Yep, yep, signing with Dallas, which I think was a great move on Dallas's part. Who do you got at 12? I went your boy TJ Hawkinson. All right. Then out of Iowa. I All love right. that kid. Six foot five, two fifty one, four seven forty, thirty seven 37-inch vertical. One of those guys that just killed the combine. Everything that I read about him is, you know, one of the best tight ends that come out in the draft in five years. You know, he's – you're talking about, you know, the University of Iowa, which is very rich when it comes to tight end. You're looking in the past. They had Dallas Clark, n- now George Kittle yep. from San Fran. Yep. It's a very rich, heavy tight end program. Voted P- – PFF, I don't mean to cut you off there. PFF yeah. voted him best tight end last year, Kittle. Yeah, yep. and rightfully so. We saw some of the numbers he put up. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah the guy came out of virtually nowhere with a quarterback that had no name. Um, and they made something out of nothing with Garoppolo being gone. Shanahan's obviously an offensive mastermind, so he definitely had a part in it somewhere. But, I mean, geez, the, the dude came out of nowhere. Good for him, though. Very I had good him on him. my fantasy team last year. I think one game he had like 230 yards receiving, something yep. ridiculous like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, like we were talking, you mentioned earlier, the Packers lost Cobb to Dallas. And I think they signed a Mercedes Lewis. Yep. But that's somebody that's towards the end of his career right mm-hmm. now. So they're in need of a playmaker and a weapon. So I like that pick of T.J. Hawkinson. Yeah, and, and – Keep going with yours a little bit. I like the fact that they did bring Mercedes Lewis back. Mercedes Lewis is a veteran of the game. Spent all that time with Jacksonville. He's a great blocking tight end. He can catch the ball. He'll get you, you know, a touchdown here and there. And he had three when it's one of his last years with Jacksonville in the London game. He had three touchdowns in the game. So the dude can catch the ball. The dude is a weapon. He'll back you up, post you up, and catch the ball, score a touchdown, but he's not afraid to get dirty and block either. So Be great in a double tight situation, yep. too. you got your blocker in there as an extra tackle. Absolutely. Yep, 100%. Um, me, I went with the big guy, the guy everybody's been waiting for, um, wide receiver DK Metcalf out of Ole Miss, athletic freak, Aaron Rodgers needs to be taken care of and he needs to be taken care of now. The guy has had virtually no big all-star, throw it up and let me catch it sort of wide receiver and he needs that desperately in Green Bay and and with new head coach there, new offensive philosophies, there's just no reason they don't go for this guy. He's improved himself in his own combine when he was at Ole Miss. Ran a 4-3-3, 40-yard dash, 40-inch vertical, 40-and-a-half-inch vertical. The guy can play. He's going to get out there. He's going to sit behind Rodgers, and Rodgers is going to put it in his hands where it needs to be. It doesn't matter where he is. He will get that ball. Wes, if, if, he, if they pick him up, that's going to be a very dangerous combination between him and Aaron Rodgers. Like yes. you said, you're talking about a guy that just freak killed the combine. I think you – I mean, he blew the combine away. You're talking about a guy with hands the size of a basketball. He makes all those athletic catches. Could be scary with him over there. With Aaron Rodgers and him, could be scary. Great size, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I just – I'm sitting here breaking down the draft, looking at all these positions, and I just don't see a better fit for him than there. I've seen people say, you know, send him to Baltimore. I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to pinpoint – you know, do have pinpoint accuracy to hit him first year, and that's going to take some time to develop. But if you put him with Aaron Rodgers and they get a system down and they work together in the offseason, preseason, what have you, that kid's going to be a stud for them for a long time. 
Yeah, absolutely. As long as you can uh, stay away from those injuries that you suffered in college, yep. sky's the limit for a kid like that. Absolutely. All righty, we're going to move on to 13. 13 is going to be the Miami Dolphins. I did not think we would have too many QBs going early. Miami's current. Did you go QB too? I did go QB. So did you as well? I did as well. Can, can we actually have a similar pick in this draft? I'm going right. to let you go first, Wes, on okay. this one. What okay. you got? So, Miami right now at QB, they have no Tannehill. They have Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic is their starter at this moment. And hey, you Jake know Jake Rudolph, Luke Falk. Yep. So do we do we have a, a, a QB worth noting of? Not really. Fitzmagic's good for maybe a couple games. He'll make some crazy plays, and you'll fall in love with him, and he'll break your heart. <laughs> so I agree. That being said, though, he's a great person to learn off of. So I have them taking at 13, Daniel Jones out of Duke. Uh, QB out of Duke. You have the same I have thing? The sa- I have the same pick. <laughs> Love this kid, man. Yeah. Cool. So he's. Uh, I think he's a little bit of a reach at 13, but the Dolphins will not at this point, based on my mock draft so far, they don't have an option. They're running out of QBs, talented QBs to sit behind them, and this kid brings talent. Um, 481, 40-yard dash. He can move in the options. Uh, he, he can move and find options. Um, vision, anticipation. Uh, he Good can, size, six yes, foot five, yes. two hundred twenty pounds, twenty pounds, yep. above average mobility for a guy that size. Exactly. You know, we're talking about Duke being a program everybody thinks about as a basketball program. Zion, all he them. has brought them to respectability. You know, they've gone to two or three consecutive bowl games. Yep. He turned that program around football wise, and they're on the upswing because of him. The one knock knock on him is is his arm. He does not have a big arm. He will find the people underneath, and he will make those small passes. The ar- the long arm is is not there. Now, could he work on that and develop something like that? Of course. Will he need to? Not off the start. They don't have a big receiver outside of what Devonte Parker right yeah, now. Yeah. Devonte Parker can get you on the deep passes, no problem. But do they have to? That's the thing. I, I see a lot of post routes. I see a lot of ends to tight ends. I see a lot of ends to young slot receivers. You know, it's kind of like what I tell my football players, you know, young kids. It's called kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. And I think that's what they would do for him for the first couple of years. Yep. I agree. He had a great senior bowl, too. You know, senior bowl is actually what I think propelled him up here into the mid-first round. And um, he brought Duke back to respectable. Yeah. So, yeah. He made Duke something that you would never expect him to be. I've never – really had the conversation, hey, you know, Duke's a, Duke's a good team. Jamison Crowder is the only person I think out of Duke that I can, you know, that, that I can think of that's in the league right now. And, yeah, I like Daniel Jones. Yep. So moving on from that, um, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to do Atlanta Falcons 14. I have a guest calling in. His name is Matt. He'll be with us. Looking Matt. forward to hearing Matt from Northern Virginia about his pick. DMV. All right, and we are back at the extra point, Bobby. We're going to Atlanta Falcons, and with us we have a guest from Northern Virginia, one of my buddies, a fan of the show, a friend of the show, Matt. Matt, how you doing, buddy? Hey, what's going on, guys? What's hey, going how on? you doing, Matt? Hey, so we're talking Falcons at 14. What are your thoughts? What's your biggest need going into the draft? All right, man, all right. So it's looking like we're going to need definitely some interior and ex- uh, exterior uh, pass rushing for sure, edge rushing. Um we could always use depth at cornerback. My main man that I'm looking at right now is Ed Oliver from Houston. Ed Oliver. Um, right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, the thing is with him, the uh, clearly you know we're sitting at 14, so uh, we're probably gonna have to trade up for him. Um, we're we're used to that clearly. Traded up for Julio Jones. Um, it's probably gonna take almost the same amount of picks to to move up. I'm thinking. I'm thinking we're going to move up with the Lions. Okay. Uh, I think we're, they're at pick eight. Yeah, they're at pick eight. Right. Um, 
Lions, I believe, are looking for a tight end. So, of course, why would they want to pick a tight end with the eighth pick in the draft? Of course. Um, so, if we move up, grab him. He's he's almost just like who we have now as at, um, Grady Jarrett. Right. Um, 6'2", 287 pounds. Big guy. Big guy that's going to fill them slots for the run game. Against the run game, excuse Stug. me. Yep. Um, he was he was at, he was the AAC Defensive Player of the Year 2017. I mean, this guy has been he's proven. Um, I was I was looking at some of his pro day stuff. Uh, I mean, he ran a 4.7340 yard dash, which clearly doesn't stand out, you know, with receivers and things like that. But as a defensive tackle, that's huge. That is, and it's actually it's funny. It's uh it's only. <laughs> Maybe a hundredth of a second slower than uh, what Anquan Bolden ran when he. <laughs> what you think about that? That's back. insane. Yeah, because he clearly, you know, he's a wide receiver and yeah. he played what almost twenty years and you know fifteen twenty years. Um, yeah, I, I totally that, agree with you, Matt. I mean, this kid is a freakish athlete. Outside of Quentin Williams, I think he's probably the most freakish athlete in this draft right now. No, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and. It, I mean, he'd, he'd fit in so perfect next to Grady Jarrett already. And then Dan Quinn has already said that he's going to work personally one-on-one with Vic Beasley and Takaris McKin- McKinley on the outside. So, I mean, he, I mean it'd be worth any, any picks that we would give up. And it's probably looking like a first, a second, and a third of this year's draft if we wanted to move up for that. Really, to move up that um, high to get Ned Oliver? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay. Um, which, like I said, I, I I would I would go ahead and do it because, I mean that 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 defensive line right there would, on paper, you know, oh, of course, would just yeah. be unbeatable. Yeah. And but, you know, Matt, you're talking about a guy like I remember going into the season, Ed Oliver, a lot of mock drafts had him as the number one pick in the draft. Yeah, a lot going in early, he uh, was the he favorite. Was, if you looked at all the mocks before the season started, college football season started, he was the number one pick in most of the drafts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've seen a bunch of these mock drafts that are out right now, and they ha- they a lot of them do have them going up higher. Um, the, like I said before, trading up to the eighth pick, I would be comfortable with uh, trading all the way up for number one, two, or three. You know that I think that would be too much draft stock for us, and we don't have any positions to just get rid of players right now. We we need depth. We need all the depth that we can get. Bobby, now, it's funny you say that, Matt. You're talking about moving them around. Now, based on our mock drafts, Bobby, who do you have going at 14? You know, I, hey, Matt, I was with you. I got Ed Oliver as my 14th pick. You know, he's a, just an interesting little nugget about this guy. He is the first five-star player out of high school who actually did not sign with a fire, Power 5 program. He actually stayed local with Houston. And, uh, I mean, you're talking about a guy, like I was mentioning earlier, that was mocked as a number one pick in a lot of – mock drafts going into the season, he has a crazy rare first step when it comes to – and his great pad level. His pad level is amazing. I mean, you, if you want, you can just YouTube some of his his workouts. He has freakish workout videos with his speed, his, his quickness and all that. I mean, it's actually a thing of beauty. The only weakness I see on him is, you know, like he gets – you know, when it's double teamed with his squatty frame right there, he has a hard time with double teams down low. But, I mean, you're talking about a day one starter. I really love the pick. And like you say, I mean – he might not be there, you know, for this pick. They might have to move up, but if he does fall down to this position, what a what a steal! Uh, what, what a steal! steal. Oh yeah. man, yeah. If, he, if he fell down, if he fell down to fourteen, I mean, oh my goodness, that would just be. 
Yeah. That'd be great. That'd be, you know, the ideal situation. It wouldn't take them that long to put that uh, that, that ticket in right there, you know, no. on draft day to yeah. submit oh, that yeah, pick, no. man. I don't <laughs> think we'd have to wait around <laughs> 10 minutes instant, for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It would be a real quick one. Now, also with him, you know, his first two years he played three technique. After that, he was moved out of it. Now, uh, since he's moved out of it, he's been less of an impact player on defense. Um, and then also, he's also missed four games due to knee injury, which a lot of people have dropped his stock value. Again, beginning of the offseason, going into this, you know, all your original mock drafts, stuff like that, we're talking, oh, number one pick, Ed Oliver, no question, coming off the boards of the Cardinals. Then Cliff Kingsbury comes in. Um, Bosa starts showing off his moves, stuff like that. Then you start talking about injuries, right position, right needs. And Oliver starts to drop down. Now, I, I still do see him going pretty high up. I don't think I see him going at 14 right now. And it's funny you talk about uh, Quinn, you know, talking about working with Beasley. I think just to put a little fire under his ass, they're going to bring in Brian Burns, an edge rusher out of FSU. Yeah, local boy. Local boy out of, out of Florida, 6'5", 249. This dude is a monster off the line. I've watched him. He's quick. He's fast. He's got good hands. Um, four, four, five, six, forty. Um, led the team in sacks all seasons. He was there. Um, he can. This man can catch off the end. I've seen this dude catch. If you watched him at the combine, there's a great little piece on the combine. If you watch, uh, Rich Eisen was talking about him. This dude makes a, I mean, tiptoes catch on the sideline. Big DM in. I mean, you're talking about a big boy catching these on the sideline. That's huge. That's what Dan Quinn wants. He wants ferocious defenders, people that are going to come out there and say, an this athlete. is my ball. Yeah, this is my ball. You know what? You, you're actually 100% correct with what you said about, definitely about Dan Quinn. He, he wants, he, that's, that was his main goal this offseason. He wants us to play, he wants our defense to be nasty. Yes. He wants it to be fast and nasty. So You want that 2017 uh, Jacksonville, that 2000s Baltimore, that old school Bears kind of Raleigh. We don't want to face you in your face defense. They got the D-backs exactly. to do it. Marcus, my boy Marcus Trufant from the University of Washington out there. I think he was banged up a couple years. Now he's getting healthy. Yep. Um, Ricardo Allen, I know him personally. He's from Daytona Beach, Mainland High School. He came off an Achilles last year. Apparently he's healthy, so looks like they're going to build that defense right now. I mean, they obviously have the weapons on offense that we know about. They put up a lot of numbers last year on offense, and I think they're going to build defense on this draft. Yep, yep, I agree with you. Matt, the same thing? Oh, 100%, 100%. If we could, if we could mimic another 2016 draft when we got Keanu Neal, Deion Jones, you know, players like that, um, I mean, you're looking at a, a very, very good Atlanta Falcons defense. And, I mean, and like you said already, the offense is, you know, who are you? we don't even got to talk no, about No, offense that. is nasty. You've got Julio, <laughs> you've got Ridley. Those two working together great. I love Julio Jones' mindset. I read a great article on him from ESPN. Devontae Freeman's out yep, there. Yep, he wants to get paid, He doesn't, but he doesn't need to get paid. That's the thing. He is willing to work this out however he has to to make sure that everybody that's on that roster can come back that's of some sort of value. And I love that about Julio. He, in my opinion, is the best wide receiver in the NFL on and off the field. The man does everything he can on the field to not make sure that he's the only target and make sure Ridley's the uh, target as well because, hey, guess what? Ridley is going to catch those catches. Guess what? They can't double-team both team, both people. Nightmare matchup for teams Nightmare that are going matchup. against them. Absolutely. 100%. Nightmare matchup. Yep. Matt fantastic thank you so much we're getting ready to do redskins at 15 i know you didn't prep for it do you want to join us for 15 you don't have to give us a pick if you'd like to listen in and throw your thoughts in i mean i'd love to have you 
Oh, yeah, sure. I'll stay on, and, uh, yeah, if I have any opinions, yeah. I'll yeah, okay, cool. So we're talking Redskins at 15. Myself and you, uh, Matt as well, we're all from the DMV area. We know the Redskins pretty well. Mm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no. All my buddies love the Redskins, so yep. it's all good. Yep, yep. All right, so who do you have at 15 for the Redskins? You know, you're talking about a team that has no wide receiver depth right now. Josh Dotson, who they drafted out of TCU five years ago, I know, three years ago, and Brian Quick. Josh Dotson's kind of turned out to be a little bit of a bust. Their needs are obviously wide receiver, you know, interior all line. The Redskins just need a lot of needs. I yeah. mean, that's just they know, are kind of where they're team. at right now as a program. They, are they lost Jamison Crowder to the Jets. Mm-hmm. So I want DJ, DK Metcalf. You know, <laughs> all right. I mean, they're in need of a playmaker. And, you know, to me, this is probably the biggest playmaker, you know, on the offensive side of ball in this draft. You know, he's a freakish athlete, killed the combine. He measured in at 6'3, 228. Wingspan is is nuts. You know, ran a four three three forty, forty one inch vertical. I mean, his height is coveted. Great hands. His hands are the size of a basketball. Made so many circus catches. Only weakness they have about him is that in two thousand sixteen he broke his foot to a season ending injury, and last year he his, uh, his season ended short with a neck injury. You know, the Redskins made some good moves in the offseason this year, getting Landon Collins. Yep. They're in need of a big-time playmaker. So, I, I really – I mean, I'd, I'd be surprised if the Redskins don't go um, offense in this pick. And D, DK Metcalf, if he's still around, would be a great pick. Yeah, absolutely. That guy's – I mean, like I said earlier, I mean, I picked him for the Packers at, uh, at 12 to go with Aaron Rodgers just to be a dominant offensive force because the defense doesn't stand out. But with Washington, it makes the same – you know, that's a good point to make. They're going to need somebody. Case Keenum's in there. He's going to be learning a new system for the third year in a row. The guy's got. He needs somebody to throw the ball up yep. to. And it can't just be Jordan Reed. It can't just be Jordan no. Reed. And you that can't guy, depend on you, him. you don't know about his durability, though. Jordan, yeah, Jordan Reed, you, I mean, you'd be lucky to get eight games out of that exactly. guy. Exactly. Matt, what's your thoughts on it? All right. So, my thoughts on, on the Redskins draft here is they need a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> they need a lot. They need a lot. Um, I would go defense. Uh, they've been building that defense. They've just got uh, Jonathan Allen uh, a couple years ago. Yep, Alabama. Um, yeah, they got a couple. They Their whole defense is defensive. Alabama right now, which is not a bad <laughs> yeah. thing. No, no, it's exactly. Yeah, almost. Um, but no, I, I think that they should stick with that trend. Um, I know they just got that, you know, picked up Landon Collins on that mega deal. Yep, big uh, deal, big deal for Box yeah, but maybe some depth there. Uh, definitely at cornerback, Josh Norman's only getting older. Uh, they may, I mean, who knows? They may even cut him because of the the cap hit on on him. Um, so no defense for me. Uh, they have they need to figure out their quarterback situation. Maybe they can draft one in in a later round and kind of go from there. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, I, I'd stick with defense for now because they need they need a lot. So didn't I they get Foster in the off season? Yep. You know, a controversial yep. pickup when Very he got so. uh, from the 49ers. Yep, that's kind of that, that incident. You know, that's kind of a far stretch right there. I mean, obviously a talented player. You know, you know they took a shot on getting him, but if he can pan out, I mean that defense might be something. You know, Being to look in at. DC though, he's got to stay out of trouble. He's got to stay Spotlight out of trouble. Spotlight will be on you everywhere 100%. you go. hundred percent. It doesn't matter if they're relevant or not. You're gonna be in the limelight when you're in DC. I know it. And Matt, I'm glad you said defense because I went the same way. We were thinking the same thing, and I apologize if I get this guy's name wrong. But Clellan Farrell, a defensive end, out of uh, excuse me, out of Clemson. Clemson. 
The dude can play. Guess where he's from? Richmond, Virginia. Yep. He's from Northern Virginia or the Virginia area. 6'4", 264. Impressive power, speed. And he's got a winning pedigree being at uh, being at Clemson, of course. And, you know, you're, you're <laughs> the best defensive line in college football the last two no years. Every one of those guys it. have been going first round or will be going first round. You put him on the other side of Kerrigan and you let them go. Case Keenum, great quarterback, but he's not going to be making the deep plays. He's just not. He needs receivers that are going to catch the short ends, uh, hooks. Stuff like that. It's not going to go deep a lot of the time. Reed's going to be essential to that offense. The running game's going to be essential. Uh, Geis has got to come back full strength. And, and with so depending a lot on Geis. Yep, you know Geis I mean? and AP. Great talent. You know, coming off that ACL. Sorry to interrupt you, Wes. No, you're but fine. Yeah, I mean, they depending a lot on him. Yeah. So, uh, again, Farrell, him and Kerrigan on that defensive side are just going to be a problem for offenses, putting their, their own offense in good position to score where it's going to be short range, where they can be putting up field goals. They're only going to score maybe, in my opinion, 15 to 20 points a game. I, this is not a high-powered offense. No matter what they put in, it will just not be a high-powered offense. We didn't see it from Denver last year with better receivers and, in my opinion, a better back at the time. AP's just not playing like he used to, but, hey, he played great last year. Oh, God. No question. Brought him back quick, another year because of his performance. Absolutely. A quick throw-in uh, on there on the Redskins' offense is uh, they just signed uh, Adrian Peterson again to a, you know, a two-year contract, mm -hmm. and then they have Darius Geis coming back from that ACL injury, um, and Darius Geis looked great, so they might not even need to rely on, on their quarterback. And, and that's the only way they're going to be successful. They can just go off those. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're going to have to bounce off those two running backs. Uh, Jordan Reed again. He wasn't very good last year. I don't know if he, there was a nagging injury that we didn't know about. Um, and odds are that's the case. His game up. I think um, there's more to the injury, too. I think there's a lot of, you know, like uh, player personnel issues when it comes to him, too. Yeah, as well. I agree. I agree. I, I don't see him in, in Washington much longer. I really don't. No. All but, you know, like you were talking about, the Redskins, though, I mean, they're not going to blow up the scoreboard on offense. So, to solidify that defense, they already have a nice solid base going on defense right now. So, Wes, I do like that pick, you know. Yeah. Shut down, you know, have that lockdown defensive line and uh, solid linebackers and decent D-backs. I don't know what's going on with Josh Norman. Uh, maybe he has one or two years left, but defense could be the route. Yep. Matt, again, thank you so much. I appreciate you sticking in thank for you, an Matt. extra appreciate pick. Appreciate you calling in. Excellent work. First time on the Thanks phone, breaking me. it down, man. Man, you're coming back for another episode. Be ready next week, brother. Yep, we're getting you something. Awesome. So, so Thanks, be ready, guys. brother. Appreciate hey, it. Take it easy, buddy. All right, you guys. Later. Later. All right, Matt. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be right back. We're going to break down the rest of the uh, 11 through 20 picks. What we got at, uh, coming up we're right coming here? I back. think we're going at the Carolina Panthers. So we're going to go Panthers, Giants, Vikings, Titans, and, and Steelers. Rounding it out. Yes, sir. We'll be right back in just one Thanks for listening moment. to Extra Point. Wanted to give a quick shout-out to Scott at the Pork and Pint located in European Village. Uh, European Village in Palm Coast, a one-stop destination for all things dining, lounging, shopping, and entertainment featuring six restaurants, six shops, five bars, three offices, and two cafes. Thank you very much to Scott over there. We really appreciate you, and we will be filming there live once we get our uh, little piece here knocked out. Look forward to seeing you there. All right, and we're back. We just were talking Falcons and Redskins picks from 14 and 15. Now we're going to move on to 16 with the Carolina Panthers. Who you got going at 16, Bobby? Well, uh, I have the gentleman that you just picked in your last pick uh, from Clemson, defensive and how do you pronounce him? Clellan Farrell. Farrell. Yep, yep. Clellan Farrell, great athlete. Like you say, coming from a high, rich defensive line that Clemson has. He's a very high, productive 4-3 defensive end. You know, he's um, – Got broad shoulders, long arms. He had 21 sacks in the last two years. Had a rough patch earlier in his career, especially personally, and um, overcame some obstacles in life. But 
He's a great athlete. He needs to improve a little bit on his speed, on his get-off. But um, he's a great person to pair with, with Mario Addison on that defensive line. And, you know, after losing Julius Peppers, yes. who's gone, who had, you know, his lowest sack total of his career, I think this would be a really good pick for the uh, Carolina Panthers. No question. That's a, that's a great pick. And, you know, I don't think they're going to go that route, though. I have to disagree. I think this, this time they're going to go Jonah Williams. He's going to be out of Bama, offensive lineman. The dude's a hybrid lineman. He can play anywhere you need him to. And the big issue right now is Cam's health. Cam has had so many issues staying healthy, and if he's not healthy, that team will not thrive. They go um, as Cam goes, and you're right. He's starting to take a beating. Yep, and, you know, I'd say they need a wide receiver too. I don't have a wide receiver worth the 16th pick right now, so Jonah Williams is going to go there. Um, like I said, flexibility. He's going to move all around, um, but mainly we're protecting Cam at this point. We need to protect Cam. We need more options for McCaffrey out of the backfield. We just need more time, and that's the thing on offense. We need more time. The defense will get built. You lost Julius Peppers, like you said. You lost uh, Thomas Sr. Um, that can get rebuilt. We need to score points right now. We right. need to score points. Right. And you got to protect your man. Yep. So you got to protect, protect your man. He's the most important commodity on that in that franchise right now, and he just is. And until they move forward from him, they got to keep him protected. Yep. All right, going to 17, we got the New York Giants. This is their second pick in the first round. Um, my first, uh, for the first round pick for them, I had them taking, uh, Dwayne Haskins and you had them taking Dwayne Haskins as well. Correct. Okay. So what do we got at 17? I just went with a guy that you just picked Jonah Williams. All right. You know, you know, the giants, you know, they got to build their offensive line. You got a stud in St. Quan Barkley there right now. I mean, you're talking about the next guy, you know? So, I mean, having a Nate soldier, you know, at the left tackle right now, I think a Jonah Williams down the road can pan out and be the right tackle they need. You're talking about a guy that's six foot four, three hundred two pounds. For that size, he killed the combine, had a five one two forty. You know, a three year starter at Alabama, who's a, a dominant run team. You know, plays with superior technique and rarely stays away from fundamentals. You know, it's just very fundamental technique. Projected a right tackle in the league, then I think eventually down the road they might transition him to left tackle. But I mean, you're talking about a 10-year player at offensive uh, as an offensive lineman. So I got I got the Giants taking that route and uh, building around Saquon Barkley. I like it. I like it. So Saquon Barkley, a great option to build around. They lost uh, Olivier Vernon in the off season. Um, he went to what, Cleveland, correct? Yeah. Cleveland yep. Browns. Yep. You're so be matched up with uh, Miles Garrett, which That's is just be crazy. nasty defense. Absolutely. Yeah, it 100% is. Um, I have them going Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver slips to 17 in my mock draft. You went where Matt and I went yep. earlier. Yep. Yep. Matt, he, Matt brought it up earlier. This dude's a big talent. He was number one early in the mock drafts. He slipped due to injury, due to the fact that he has not been in his primary position, which is a three technique. Now, I know the Giants do not you know, traditionally run that, but I think he'll be a good option for them. He's going to fill that defensive line. He's going to keep running runners from getting anywhere. He's going to give Saquon Barkley that ball back. He's going to give him time to get places. He's going to put him in good position. He's going to put Eli in good position because Eli is going to be the starter going into the season. Regardless of who they pick, Eli will be the week one He's starter. Right. He, he will be the starter until until he literally throws the franchise away at this point. And, Wes, you know, we're talking about another team that just has so many needs when it comes to the draft right now. Um, they could go pretty much any route right now, and th that's a smart pick in my book too. Yep. All right. With that, you know, moving, there's not a whole lot to say about the Giants right now. They are a rebuilding process. They will not admit it, but they are a rebuilding franchise right now. There, there's a lot of holes they got to fill. Same thing with Washington. We talked about it earlier. This team isn't going to turn around in one season, so it's going to take time. They're going to build a little bit on offense on this, this year and a little bit on defense, in my opinion, and we'll see how it goes. Agree. Uh, moving on to 18, we're going with the Minnesota Vikings. Now, with the Minnesota Vikings, when I think about them, I think they need a little help on the offensive line. 
I don't know how you went, but I went with Cody Ford, six uh, four, oh, three twenty nine. Had one the same pick in the uh, two eleven and twenty. I went Cody Ford as well. Cody Ford, yeah, six four, three twenty nine. The dude will protect what he needs to protect, and that's the most important asset on that team. That is Kirk Cousins. He got paid all that guaranteed money. You cannot risk that man getting injured. If that man gets injured, you are out so much money, and it is just that. That's it. That's it. Um, although he uh, is, you know, moving inside would be the best fit for him. He's very versatile. Exactly what the Vikings need to protect Kirk. Um, and then he uh, last year they only had one offensive lineman with over an 80 grade for PFF. That's it. So. It's an obvious need. It's a big need. And moving, you know, Dalvin Cook's been injury prone. Diggs, Diggs is good on the deep routes. Kirk can throw that ball. He just needs a little more time. Well, you're talking about a person that was on his back all season last year in Kirk Cousins. I mean, the guard play that the Vikings had last year was just absolutely awful. I mean, if they don't protect this guy, who, I mean, your investment, you know, they invested so much money on this guy right now. If you do not invest in protecting this guy, I mean, you're talking about a big setback in their, uh, you know, for their franchise in the next few years. I went Cody Ford as well, just like you. I'm talking about a guy with a wide frame. They need interior. He's a perfect guard. He was a monster at Oklahoma. Um, he needs some development to play tackle. Down the road, they're going to want him to play tackle, but he has great speed when he pulls, you know. And when you have a running back like Dalvin Cook, yep. you know, you can have him pulling out, and he has a nasty finish to him. I was watching film on him, him today, and every time he finishes when he pulls outside – he is just mowing people over. Yep. He has to work on some pass sets and all that and his body control, but and that'll come. I would not be surprised if this was a, you know, was an accurate pick for this yeah. uh, at this point for the Vikings. I think it would be a great pick for them. Much needed. Yeah, agreed. I, and with Minnesota, they're they're very few pieces away from being a Super Bowl team. I mean, with Case Keenum, they almost had it. They were there. I think they slipped obviously a little bit last year getting used to. I mean, Kirk Cousins as much as you know, we'll knock the guy. He's in a new system for the first time in his career, as far as the NFL is concerned. He's got to learn a give whole. Give him a year. Give him a year. Give him two years. But you know, that's it. He's got to get it going now. He's been guaranteed all this money. He's got to put points up and produce ASAP. Um, yeah. And that's the way. That's going to be the best way they can do it, as far as from the front office perspective. Give him some protection on that offensive line. He's got the weapons. He just needs the protection. I agree with you, Wes. Absolutely. Nineteen. We're going to the Tennessee Titans. What you got? Tennessee Titans. I'm going with my boy Byron Murphy from the University of Washington. To me, the number one cornerback in this draft. This is not a guy that you need to watch. He didn't even need to work out in the combine. All you got to do is go watch his film. First team AP All-American. His ball skills are elite. I don't know if you guys watched the Pac-12 championship game, though, but we won 10-3. to He had two picks in the Pac-12 championship games, including the pick six, the winning pick six. His football IQ is off the charts. I mean, you're talking about, you know, if, I mean, you can tandem him up with uh, Dory Jackson, who's a very yeah. young corner that they drafted a couple yes. years ago out of USC. Him and Byron Murphy, I mean, you're talking about the youngest shutdown combo in college football or in NFL football right now. I was thinking tight end right here, but, you know, I'm going with Washington uh, cornerback Byron Murphy. You're talking about DBU, Marcus Trufant, Marcus Peters. Yep. Buda Baker, Sidney Jones, Kevin Kings, they breed those first-round picks right there, man. They, they, they breed those guys right there. So I think with him and Dory Jackson, they would be a great combo. Now, you said you were leaning in what direction prior to this? Tight end. Tight I end. was leading tight end. Funny you Did say you? that. I went tight end. No, the second-best tight end, in my opinion, in this draft, Noah Font, uh, tight end oh, out of yeah. Iowa, 6'4", 249. He's a pass-catching tight end come first. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not a fan of the Titans. You know that very well. They beat the crap out of us every year, Jacksonville. But this is what they need. They need him. He ran a 4 5 He is, again, pass-catching tight end more than anything else. 
Um, he is going to pull away from cornerbacks. He will create separation. He will do that. Slide us, you can set him in the slot. You can set him in the line. Either way, you can do that, and he will work for your offense. Mariota is all over the place. He needs somebody close by. A little check down, hot route, and correct. all that. Yep. Correct. You got Henry in the backfield, which is great, and Henry's a monster. There's no doubt about it. As long as they give him the ball, I feel he's been underutilized. You know, when DeMarco Murray was there, it was just, in my opinion, an atrocity that that dude was not out in the field more with DeMarco Murray. Because DeMarco Murray was a systems guy, in my opinion. He fit great in Dallas, and nowhere else did he fit in my – you know, he just didn't. Noah Font, go with him at 19 with the Titans. You know what, Wes? I was sitting – I was researching this pick a lot, and I was literally going to put paper to pen on this pick too as well. But I had to go a little homer route, which I'm not – Byron Murphy could even go ahead of that. But, yeah, great pick. Moving on to 20, Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to let you go first. I know I you want me to let go first because yep. you were talking to me earlier today that you got something to say about this pick I over do, here. I do, I do. Yeah, so, you know, everybody knows about Ryan Shazier with, you know, with, yes. with them, you know, missing a hell of a football. Everybody thinks about Ryan Shazier as a player that, you know, obviously had a devastating injury, may never play again. But people forget that he was a great football player, great linebacker. And, um, I think they're looking for uh, defense on this side of the ball. So I took Devin Bush out of Michigan for the linebackers. Okay. Really like this kid, man. You know, I mean, he's a little bit undersized for a linebacker, but he's a sideline to sideline football player. I mean, you're talking about a guy that was a Buckus Award finalist last year, 102 tackles, nine and a half for loss, five sacks. You know, he was a Big Ten defensive player of the year last year. 4-4-3 speed in the combine. This guy can cover the running backs out the backfield too. I mean, when you're talking about a player that goes sideline to sideline like that, he can cover those guys right there. Um, he doesn't have the side to be inside, so I see him as a will linebacker, and I see, you know, the steel curtain you know, getting a great football player. Getting their groove back in yeah. a sense, yeah. yeah. So, for me, I went in a different direction. I went in an interesting Where'd you direction. Where'd go? I can't wait to hear about this, this one. Is, this is a really interesting one. I looked at it, and I sat there and thought about it, about how this would work and how this would go down and if it would bring a big story to the NFL, and I think it will, and I think he'll go there with the 20th pick. I have the Pittsburgh Steelers taking wide receiver Marquise Brown. The big thing about Marquise Brown, if you don't know, he is cousins with Antonio Brown, which wow. creates for an interesting, interesting setup there. Look, they lost Antonio Brown. They lost Le'Veon Bell. They lost Jesse James. They lost all three of those big players, correct? You're right. Yes. They have a depleted offense. Their defense, while they are different without Shazier, and that is, you cannot deny that. That man was a playmaker on the field. He was a motivational player off the field, and he continues to be for the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. But they need a wide receiver now. Juju I mean, they got Juju. They would, that's, you know, that's a great pick because Juju's going to need to have somebody to compliment him. Yeah, Juju, Juju's – the man, I love this kid. I would love oh, to have this kid on the roster. he's one of my favorite players right Yes, now, I love watching him. He's so good. I hate the Pittsburgh Steelers as a Jags fan. I love the organization from a respect standpoint. But I'll tell you what right now, Marquise Brown going there would be the most interesting story of 2019. Could you imagine the – fall out of that oh Wes, my Wes, if that pick happens i'm buying you a beer yes you hear that 100 percent, 100 percent. i would love to see Heck this of happen. a player i did not have him going this high but you never know these teams you know like they fall in love with a player and you know that this is what the nfl drafts is all about yep I mean, you, nobody's gonna ever you pick just a perfect don't you just know. don't know they fall in love with a the player they take him. he's a good fit it makes sense you never know you never know we're going to take one quick break. We'll be right back. We'll bring you more information right after Thanks for this. listening to Extra Point. All right, and welcome back to the Extra Point. We just finished up with our mock draft. Now we're going to move into some other storylines we have going on around the league that we you know, kind of caught our 
attention. Um, the big one we talked about, uh, Bobby, is going to be the Randy Gregory extension by Dallas. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know what? Um, obviously, me being a Cowboys fan, um, th- there is going to be some bias in here when I speak about this. But, you know, everything, you know, everybody says in the program is he's an extremely likable guy. You know, he's been a productive player on the field <laughs> whenever he plays. It's, it's obviously been – but we're talking only about 14 games throughout his career right now. Right. Well, yeah. Actually, no, 14 last year. Yeah, 14 last year. Last year was the big year for him as far as playing. He, he you know, he played 14 games, had six sacks, um, 25 combined tackles, stuff like that is is good to see. Uh, but more consistency on the field is what is expected really out of him. Yeah, and you know, Jerry Jones, you know, he's a guy that gives a lot of people a lot of opportunities. Everybody knows that. Um, and this guy right here has, you know, as many lives as a cat does. So, I mean, I like it. You know. I'm, Send a guy like this packing out on the streets, and what's he going to do with his life? You know, um, just give him another opportunity in life. I think it's more of a personal thing than it is a productive thing. We'll see what happens. You know, he's failed five drug tests. You know, since he's been in the league, I can't believe he's even you know given yeah. this opportunity I'm right shocked. now. Yeah, I'm so and we'll see what happens. Hopefully, he can turn his life around and uh, you know look back on this and you know, be a role model. Yeah, I, I look at the at first first glance about it, hearing about it, I was kind of stunned why are you going to do this why are you going to make this move we saw what happened with josh gordon in new england obviously in cleveland as well so when i saw that i'm like what is jerry jones thinking but then i kind of dug in a little bit and looked at the and research stats information uh again like i said six sacks last year that's nothing to go crazy about but he is right. disruptive on the end yeah he is um his contract you're not paying a lot for a guy you're paying for a guy essentially to get better and with the contract being, it, it's extended through 2020, 310000 of his two hundred or 2019 contract is being turned into a signing bonus. The deal adds up to one year of 735000 with the possibility of incentives should he come back. Mm-hmm. We don't know what the deal is with him right now. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, being a Cowboys fan, it's, I think it's also maybe a little desperation move with our D-line being really banged up right now. And Marcus Lawrence kind of, uh, you know, up in the air with his uh, negotiations and all that. So uh, we'll see. I mean, he's very disruptive when he's on the field, and uh, hopefully uh, he'll turn his life around. And next year we can look back at this and say, hey, excellent decision. In your honest opinion, do you see that happening, though? You know what, Wes, for somebody that's failed five drug tests, like you would have thought you would have learned your lesson maybe after the second or third one. Unfortunately, I do not, but I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, regardless of the thoughts, we both hope we're wrong, and I, I really do hope he turns it around and, you know, propels his career because i mean at the end of the day it's more of uh having a strangle on his life than anything right. and that's what you know we want to not see happen to you know <coughs> excuse me another reason why you know i think you know players like this get these kind of opportunities and you know like we don't condone smoking pot or anything like that obviously but you know like the ray rices and the cream hunts when they're actually you know the ones that do domestic abuse and hit on women i mean that to me that's like a one and done situation yeah. right there so yeah i i'm really big on that uh, i think if, if it happens once it should be done it's absolutely flat out plain and simple you know better than that i don't care if it's me or you here just doing a simple podcast that didn't make a million dollars you know better than it i understand you can make up for it but you you just think it's just something you would do absolutely agree yeah all right so moving forward from that uh randy gregory next thing is pass interference rule change now we talked about it last week on our episode if you want to catch that it's on itunes or podcast addicts episode one we talked about the pass interference rule that it is now reviewable you can review it on the offensive side or the defensive side right now richard sherman did not like this call um i have him quoting you have the quote that he did on twitter i do i do and per uh richard sherman he's saying now they can control the outcome 
as they see fit. Every defender, uh, defendable play looks like pass interference in slow motion. Um, Weddle piggy, uh, piggybacked on it as well. He said, yep, but I guess we're the crazy ones for thinking uh, that shouldn't be something that happens. And they have a point. You know, I mean, I got I kind of got to agree with them on that. Playing DB, <coughs> excuse me, is probably the hardest position on the field. You know, covering a wide receiver is probably the toughest job, you know, um, on the defensive side of the ball. And when you do break it down in slow motion, I watch a lot of film myself, you know, with my football team. When you break it down and you watch it on slow motion, I mean, you're, there's going to be contact every single time. So it's going to be a, like a toss-up in the air, like what is it? Was it a P.I.? Wasn't it? You know, was it a catch? Was it not a catch? That it's just going to be one of those things that, you know, you just hope in situations like in the NFC Championship game last year, you know, like it, it'll pan out for situations like that when the Saints got burnt by the Rams in that play. Yeah, with Sherman on that, I understand where he's coming from, and, and I agree with you. I see how that could become a problem in the league moving forward, but at the same time, I also see where this could be very good as far as the development of defenders, better techniques um, with the wide receivers. They're going to have to scheme different, which could actually end up setting them up in the end. Right, um, be like a learning tool. Yeah, there are times where I've seen that wide receiver push off or something that he should not be doing that will result in an offensive pass interference penalty. People, this can be reviewed for offense as well. Right. And yeah, I that's think that's, another, yep. that's something that's not really being keyed in on. I think he's just saying, hey, we're being the victims now. They already have you know all this stuff on us. We can't get you know touch them with a five-foot pole. But this is going to help them as well with those push-offs and them grabbing their arms, stuff like that that never gets caught. I understand every play, somebody's going to be touching you. They're going to be rubbing. You're going to It's bang-bang plays. But – well, that's what the preseason's for. They're going to try it out and see how it works in the preseason. It's going to hit the regular season this year. But every year with rules like this, they review it at the end of the year. If this doesn't work out, it'll be gone by the end of the season. It, right? It'll yeah. be gone. And you do make a really good point there, Wes. Everybody looking at this rule thinking it's just going to be on the defensive side of the ball. But these wide receivers now are actually going to have to, you know, watch their technique and the push-offs, like you said. So yeah, could benefit both parties. It could, it could. Now I definitely think it will be harder for a defender. Now it's going to make it harder for a little while, but once. Once they start getting good with this, and once they figure out a, a equilibrium, so to speak, of how they're going to enforce this, I yep. think it'll be fine for the game. It's not going to slow it down too much. Right. I I think it'll be fine. I think yeah. it'll be fine. Yeah. And I think we talked about it last week. I think the first uh, in the first half, the last two minutes of the first half, and the last two minutes of the game, the referees can automatically make that call right. without having to throw a red flag. So, right. Yeah. And I honestly don't see a whole lot of those being thrown in the last two minutes. I think Unless they're just gonna it's a let blatant play. call like yeah. it was in the NFC Championship exactly. game or something like that. Other yeah. than that, I think they're going to let them play as the rules stand now. Right. I agree. So with with Sherman, I, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, Sherman, he's still in San Francisco right now. He's got a good team coming in the next year. I think he'll be great over there. Um, he's a great leader, a smart man, one of the smartest people in the NFL. It's a team um, on the uprise right now. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, and then so moving on from that, we're going to move into uh, some contract talk. Uh, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, and, and you're talking about a guy that's, you know, on his last year of a four-year $87.6 million contract. And uh, I believe just the other day, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he give a deadline to he the Seahawks did. on the April 15th deadline? A- April 15th. He I did. believe he said he, he won't miss camp, mini camp or anything, but he's um, he's definitely wanting, uh, wanting that money. And – Rumors that I've heard, I think Adam Schefter was mentioning the other day that there's a possibility that he could surpass Aaron Rodgers, who was making $33.5 million a year. And uh, that's ridiculous. You know, I mean, Russell Wilson, you know what? Actually, I mean, he had a great year last year. Last year was actually statistically wise his best year. I think he had a career high in touchdowns of 35, passer rating of 110.9. So he's, you know, it's a quarterback league. So he's going to get paid. 
Yeah. It'll be very interesting to see. I mean, he is definitely going to get paid, and he deserves it. I mean, he's taking the Seahawks. I mean, he's won a Super Bowl. He's taking them to the playoffs year in, year out. I mean, with not too much talent on that side of the ball. Uh, Doug Baldwin has been like their top receiver, and taking nothing away from Baldwin, he's a good receiver, but you know what I mean. You absolutely nailed it on the head. That's where I was going to say, too. Nothing away from any of that, that those key positions, but you don't have a flat-out superstar that's just out there dominating to help him out. The guy's running around like a chicken with his head cut off. No offensive line help, period. Hasn't come for years, and that's one big stipulation moving forward with him, too. He needs to see something on his side of the ball helping him. They've been so focused on that secondary falling apart to try and rebuild it that they've completely let the offense fall to pieces. I mean, they drafted Penny. Mm-hmm. Haven't right, really worked. Yep. yep, they haven't really worked out for him as well as they'd hoped. Uh, Russell Wilson, like you said, thirty-five touchdowns, thirty-four hundred yards. Um, the dude's doing everything he can. He brought the team to a ten and six record. That's just—it's not that great of a team. No. He carried that team to the playoffs. He really did. They started off really slow, and then they pulled it off towards the end of the year and took them to the playoffs. Another thing about this is, you know, they can still use a franchise tag on him. You know, after this nineteen two thousand nineteen season, but I don't think they're going to want to rub him off that way. And kind of seal him up. We're talking about a guy, West, that if he signs another four-year deal, you know, for he made 87.6 on the last one. I mean, you're talking about this guy's going to be making $200 million in less than 10 years. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in my opinion, that right now, this guy deserves it. Absolutely. He has busted his tail in, and, and if, if he doesn't want to give it to him, somebody else will. And somebody else will be quick Do not to give let it to him, him walk. Do not let – if he walks, <laughs> it'll be the beginning of the rebuilding stage of that organization, something we haven't seen really since he got there. You know, you had those years with uh, Hasselback and Sean Alexander. You're going back towards that. That's what you're going to get, but on a lower scale, in my opinion. I mean, he's a baller. I mean, that's the reason why, you know, Kyler Murray possibly is going to be guaranteed almost going number one. Everybody's like, ooh, well, you know, size was an issue, but can he be the next Russell Wilson? So, right. you know, he's kind of had that kind of staple in the game right now. And that's the quarterback you want, a good pocket passer that can move around and, and create options on his own. Right. You and don't plays out in the pocket. Yep. Um, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Now, with him, he is not up for his contract yet, but – he recently left his uh, mentor agency that he had started out with uh, all up until now. He joined, uh, was it CAA? CAA, yeah, Correct. and they're known for big contracts. Big, and squeezing every penny out of, out of every contract that right. they can. So what are your thoughts about Dak contract-wise? What do you think? Do you think he should be making a lot of money? I've heard from people like uh, resetting the market, which I think is a little crazy. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little crazy, too. I've heard rumors out there that, you know, he could be making upwards to $25 million a year. I mean, Dallas Cowboy, quarterback, I mean, you're, you know, it's probably the biggest job in sports being a cowboy, you know, a quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. So, I mean, he's going to get paid. You know, we can't let him walk, like you said. I mean, we got the guy in the fourth round. I mean, if you, you let him walk, who do you get? You know, like, do you start over and try to work the draft the next couple of years? You're talking to the guy that – about a guy that did take the team to the playoffs in the um, his rookie year, had a little bit of a sophomore slump, and uh, last year took him back to the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. I mean, he's definitely going to get signed. I think Jerry had a quote the other day saying, if we had a first-round pick right now, or even he said if we had the number one pick in the draft today, he would be our pick. So wow. obviously Jerry speaks very highly on him. Uh, this is going to be a big year for him right now, though. You know, mm-hmm. He's got all the tools around him. You got Zeke. And uh, Amari Cooper, they got last year. Cobb, you have now. Solid offensive line. Cobb, Witten's back to help some experience. So, I mean, this is this is a huge year for him right now. And not only him, Jason Garrett as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Jason Garrett as well. Um, I personally think, I mean, not to get off topic, though, if we don't make the Super Bowl with the team that we have right now, I think you're going to see him get rid of the ball. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't see – yeah, and that's another thing too because we've talked about possible links with Sean Payton. Right. Jerry loves Sean Payton. Sean Payton loves Dallas. You know? yeah. Don't get me wrong. He loves his time that he's had there with Drew Brees in New Orleans, but I think he's a Cowboys guy at the end. And Jerry, you know, Jerry likes to go after those big names, and he'll do whatever he has to do. He'll open up the checkbook for anybody. So Dak Prescott, if he doesn't work out this year, um, we've basically assumed that not only him, he won't be getting that that uh, extension or restructured contract or a new contract, but Garrett's probably out the door too. Right. Um, where would they go from there? I mean, uh, they could possibly franchise tag him, Wes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it all depends. I mean, there's not really you know, many big quarterbacks coming. I mean, as of right now in next year's draft, so. And if you look at the free agency, like I mean, there's nobody get? out there. There's, so there's I don't even I don't even see that as not. Dak's going to be there. Yeah. It's just going to be a matter of how much he's going to get paid. Yeah, and and if they do fall in, in to be over a couple years span, the only thing I could see them doing is, is tanking a couple years from now and going after uh, Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson right. in a couple years trying to get him. Which Absolutely. We yeah. don't know how he's even going to turn out yet. It's really early on him still. Yeah, I mean it's really early, but <clears throat> the way it looks, that I mean it's a no-brainer. He's going to be the number one pick. So we'll see what happens. I mean everybody's going to be after that guy. Everybody knows. Yeah. Um, extra point with Wes and Bobby. We're talking uh, re-signings. We talked Russell Wilson. We talked Dak Prescott. Uh, let's move on to the AAF. So AAF, you got a, a good little piece yeah, of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, <clears throat> it's unfortunate that they uh, they just canceled the season. Um, I think it was like two days ago. They mm-hmm. actually said they were going to suspend it. But as a matter of fact, today they actually sent some of those players back and they weren't even paying for their uh, plane tickets and all that stuff. So, you know, it's just it's going to be very hard for anybody to compete against the NFL. They were looking to have this as like a farm league, but, you know, there was negotiations, you know, the NHL owner for the Hurricanes, Tom Don, I think he donated $250 million out of his money, you know, to uh, make this league work. And, you know, once he did that, he kind of got a chip on his shoulder and was contacting the NFLPA, you know, saying, hey, look, you know, I'm putting all this money in right now. Can you send me some of your players down here to make this a farm league? And. Frankly, the NFL doesn't need to negotiate with anybody. You're talking about, you know, the biggest sports industry in the world as far as revenue. So we'll see what happens. You know, it's unfortunate. I was actually enjoying watching it, getting my fix, you know, in the offseason. But it's good to see that some of these guys are signing. I think today we had our first signing of a cornerback by the name of Keith Reeser. Yep. Uh, for our local team, Orlando here. I think he's going to the Chiefs, if he I'm is. correct. He is going to the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah so they we'll had see a, what happens. They had a small window where uh, the NFL actually sent out memos to all 32 teams saying not to talk to or, or get in any kind of contract negotiations with any AAF players for the meantime. Now, that was lifted earlier today, and today being the uh, 4th of April. They're letting them talk to the correct players talk to and them, then, saying go sign with them. Yep, you know? and it was pretty uh, pretty quick for him to get picked up. So congratulations to him going to the Chiefs. Look forward to seeing him there. Hopefully he can get the uh, get a spot in the starting squad. Right, and <clears throat> start a little chain uh, reaction with other players signing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunate situation. You know, you want we. I remember the NFL Europe a long time ago, man. That was a oh, really yeah. good. Uh, that was a good farm system for the uh, NFL. I, next year we're gonna give the XFL a try. I just don't see it happening, Wes. I, I just don't see farm leagues in the for NFL. It's just way too big of an industry. We were discussing actually the XFL. I believe on uh, one of the social media sites, uh, I believe it was Facebook, talking. I gave you a little over under. You think the XFL go three years? You gave me under. I agree with you. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say under on that. Yep, unfortunately, and, yeah. And uh, they are doing everything they can to get that thing funded. A uh, good opportunity to look at the mistakes from the AAF to give them a shot. The AAF flat out said uh, Bill Bullion, who had a big part in the organization or in the system in general right. he um he he made a statement saying look 
with these two, it was whoever came first had the best shot, they said, and they wanted to make sure they, were, they had got it, and the structure wasn't in place. That was the problem. They said that's what ended up failing them is the structure wasn't in place to make it the farm system going into the NFL. They are waiting on uh, replies from the NFLPA as far as getting practice squad players from the NFL to come down to kind of raise the competition right. level up a little right. bit. And you, and throughout the season, if you tuned in, I don't know who you know may have tuned in versus didn't tune in, but if you watched throughout the season, they progressively got better. These players were learning and getting better and excited. And as you saw, you know, saw cornerbacks got picked up in the NFL. I mean, within seconds. And then you know you got a Trent Richardson out there, right? Now, yeah. I think he said something pretty crazy on Twitter yeah. the other day. That, what did he say? Yeah, he said, I'm going to uh, be back in the NFL and work my way into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and, you know, I'm rooting for you, man. It's a, it's a stretch, you know. I mean, obviously. you got a lot of competition up there, bud. You had your opportunity. If you get another one, you better run with it. No pun intended there, huh? Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, with that, we're going to wrap up Episode 2. Uh, again, just to kind of cover what we talked about, we talked mock draft 11 through 20. We talked AAF football, re-signings with Dak and uh, Russell Wilson. We also talked Randy Gregory. Uh, episode three, uh, uh, we'll go to twenty-one through what thirty-two. I, I say we just go to thirty-two. There's Let's no point. Just yep. do ten and leave two left, and then um, we'll touch base on you know whatever news breaks this week. You know something's gonna happen. Oh, it does. Something's definitely gonna go down this week. We'll definitely make sure to talk about it. You know the mock draft's gonna be interesting. I'm sure this is the week that we are not gonna have anything aligned. You know these right. are these are the people towards the end of the first round that you know can be day one starters, but. They are a little, you know, rough around the edges still. Right, and projects, you know, and uh, reaches, so we'll see. And I think Wes and I are going to be live over at Scott's Cork and Pint for the draft, the night of the draft. I think we're going to do the first 15 picks. Yep. Obviously, we're not going to stay for the whole first round. We'll be there all night, and, uh, yeah, we're kind of looking forward to that. Very much looking forward to it. We'll be live. Uh, obviously, we'll be at Scott's Bar. Have some guests come up, Correct you know, with their fans of their, of their team and talk and, you know, about their team, their pick, and their feelings. Yep, I already talked to Matt. We had earlier on the show. He's going to actually join us for the Falcons pick. He's excited about it. We were talking about it last night for a little while. Uh, he definitely wants more of a part in it with the Falcons. So he's pretty much going to be our Falcons guy moving forward, it looks like. Did a great job, he and did. I'm looking forward to he it. Did. Yeah, he, he did. did. Football's right around the corner, guys. Yep. I think we got, what, five months? I look forward to it. Thank you for joining us. Again, I'm Wes. It's Bobby with me. And thank you for watching The Extra Point. We'll see you next time. Appreciate it, guys.